All right, well, good evening, church family. We're glad that you guys are here with us tonight. Tonight we are having another prayer service for Pastor Dosek. So that's what's going to be happening. It's going to be in the same model as our first Saturday prayer services that we do. So uh, we'll be worshiping. We'll be praying. There'll be some personal prayer time, and then we'll pray together corporately at the end of tonight. And as you can imagine, all of this is directed specifically for our pastor. And uh, so I know Eric will also be here to give us an update on where pastor's at in this fight of faith. And so uh, we're going to start off tonight with some worship, but before we do that, we do want to collect tithing offering tonight. So the buckets are down front, and if you would, I'm going to pray over it, and then you can just bring it down, and as soon as you guys are done bringing it down, they'll come collect the buckets, and we'll be going right into worship, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this night. We thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are a good God. You're a good God, and we just declare that. And Father, we pray that as we begin tonight's service, Father, as we honor you with our tithe and our offering, Father, we thank you that we're able to do so, but tonight our hearts are with our pastor. And so, Father, we're here in faith tonight, seeking your face, God, that a miracle will take place in his life. Father, we're going to lift high your name. We're going to worship you because you're worthy. And Father, as we worship you, Father, we pray that your spirit would be with us, that you would just inhabit this sanctuary tonight. Be very near to us as we seek your face on behalf of our pastor. Father, we thank you that you are attentive to our prayers. You are not a God who is distant or absent-minded or absent. You're very near to us, and you're very near to our pastor tonight, and we thank you for it, Father. And again, we just declare that you are a good God. You're a good God, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you have tithe and offering, you can bring it down, put it in the buckets. Let's worship together, church. He will revive 
and all of my fear I will turn into praise I'll shake off despair as I sing out your name a victory dance I will dance out in faith I will crush disappointment and break every chain all of my fear I will turn into praise I'll shake off despair as I sing out your name a victory dance I will dance out in faith Disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear I will turn into praise. I'll shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment. Oh, show me, show me one thing you can't do. Show me. church family you can be seated you can be seated for just for a moment though we're not going to sit very long here's my goal tonight I have one goal and it's to build your faith for miracles that's all I'm here to do tonight is to build your faith for miracles and we're going to do it by I want to share with you about some healing scriptures that we find in the gospels and there's something very amazing about them that I want to point out to you because it shows us what an active role we get to play in pastor's healing that he's going to receive so I'm going to throw a bunch of stories out to you. In Mark chapter 9, we read a story about a man who brings his son who is demon-possessed to Jesus for healing. How does that story end? Jesus casts out the demon and the boy is healed. In Matthew chapter 9, in Mark 5 and Luke 8, we find the story of Jairus, a synagogue leader who comes to Jesus requesting healing for his 12-year-old daughter who is dying. Jesus goes to the man's house where they find the little girl dead, but Jesus says, no, -uh, that's not how this story's going to go. And what's he do? He goes in and he raises the girl back to life again because that's what Jesus does. In John chapter 4, a royal official went to Jesus to ask for a miracle for his son who was dying. Jesus spoke the word of healing, and the man's son recovered at the exact time that Jesus spoke the word. He wasn't even with the boy. He just spoke it and his words have power to go forth and to heal. In Matthew chapter 4, we read that they're bringing people from all over to Jesus who were ill, suffering severe pain. They were demon possessed. They were having seizures. They were paralyzed. And what did Jesus do? He healed them all because he don't care what the problem is. He's the healer. He's the solution. He's the answer. I'm already getting excited. 
In Luke chapter 9, Jesus heals a demon-possessed mute man who was brought to him. In Matthew 12 and Mark chapter 8, a man who is deaf and mute is brought to Jesus. And guess what? He's healed by Jesus. In Matthew 14 and in Mark chapter 6, we read that people brought all their sick to Jesus and begged to just let them touch the edge of his garment. And everyone who did was healed. In Matthew 15, a woman came to Jesus on behalf of her daughter who was demon-possessed and suffering and Jesus healed the daughter with a spoken word again she wasn't there Jesus just said the word and it says she was healed at that moment come on there's power in Jesus there's nothing he can't do church there is nothing he can't do in Matthew 15, it says that the crowds were bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute and many others and laid them at Jesus' feet and he healed them church what I want you to know is the gospels the Gospels are full of stories of people being brought to Jesus. You want to know what our role is tonight? We're just bringing pastor to the feet of Jesus. That's what we're doing. Why do we pray? Because we're bringing our pastor to the feet of Jesus. Why? Because we know that Jesus has the answer for what's going on in his body. Amen? There's plenty more stories that you can look up on your own, but I want to dial in on one story. It's found in Matthew chapter 9, Mark chapter 2, and Luke 5. I'm going to look at it in Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1. This is what we read. It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come. And so they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. And some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Can I just stop right there and just say, it says some men came. There were four carrying him, but there was a group of men, right? There's more than what was necessary to carry. It just says a group of men brought him, and four of them had to carry him. Some, you, you'll get it. It'll come to you. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And so, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they turned around and went home. No, that's not what it says. No, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And there were some religious people there who didn't like it, and so Jesus corrected those dudes. And then to prove his point, he said, so he said to the man, I tell you this, get up, take up your mat, and go home. And verse 12 says, he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them. And this is what happened. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Church, let me tell you five things that we learn in this story. The first one is this. The men brought their friend to Jesus because they believed Jesus could heal him. Church, I just need you to hear this. I don't care how much faith you have. I need whatever faith you do have to be bringing our pastor to the feet of Jesus. Some of us have the faith that, that God will touch him tonight as we pray and he's gonna get up completely healed and he's gonna walk out of the room. If that's the faith you got, then we need your prayers. Some of us have faith to say, I believe God's gonna be able to do this little by little. There's gonna be a working of miracles and we're gonna see it happen, but it might take some time. I don't care where your faith is. What I know is Jesus responded to the men's faith who brought the man to him.
Let me tell you another thing. It wasn't the men's responsibility to heal the man. The only responsibility they had was to get the man to the healer. Why do we need you to pray and pray fervently? Because it's not our job to heal him. It's our job to make sure he's ushered right to the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords so that healing will take place in his body. It's not our responsibility to heal him. It's our responsibility to get him to Jesus. Point three, these friends refuse to be denied by any circumstances. Church, we need some fervency in this prayer. We need some fervency. We need some not give up in us for our pastor. These friends said, oh, it's too big of a crowd. That don't matter. We'll get on the roof and dig a hole through it if we have to. In other words, church, we're going to refuse to be denied a miracle in our pastor's life. That's where our faith has to be. I refuse to accept anything other than a miracle. Point number four is that some people can't get to their miracle on their own. Let me just say it this way. Sometimes we have to drag people to where the healing is. We got to drag them there. Sometimes they're too weak because the fight's been too hard. And they need other people to say, I'm with you. You're not in this by yourself. If we have to throw you on a mat and drag you there and dig a hole in the roof, we're going to do it. Because we will not give up on you. Point number five, and this is the one I get really excited about. You can go read it yourself and, and try to prove me wrong. You won't be able to. Not one time in the Gospels. Let me say it again. Not one single time in the Gospels did anyone bring someone to Jesus and Jesus say no to the miracle that they needed. It didn't happen one time. And I want you to know I read it. I read it prepping for this, and I wanted to know that when I stood here and said it, I could say it with all integrity. I read it not one time in the Gospels did anyone bring someone to Jesus that needed a touch, and Jesus go, no, I don't think so. In fact, there's only one story where somebody comes and asks Jesus for a miracle, and Jesus goes, well, I was sent to Israel. And this woman said, well, can't even the dogs get the scraps off the table? And Jesus said, girl, you got faith. Here's your miracle. What do we know? We know that Jesus will respond to the faith of the people that bring someone in need to him. He's going to do that. We know that it's not our responsibility to heal him. It's just our responsibility to keep bringing him there. We know that we're going to refuse to be denied by any circumstances that seem to stand in our way from our pastor getting his miracle. We know that he needs us now to drag him there if we have to. And we know that not one single time did Jesus deny somebody a miracle when they were brought to him. So we're going to carry our pastor to the feet of Jesus tonight as we pray. Church, I want to share one story with you. I just don't want to build your faith. We did an outreach in Jackson Center for several years. I don't know how many of you know that. We did it all the way up until COVID. And we, we met a lot of amazing kids. We had over like 45 kids give their life to Jesus through that outreach. It was amazing. But one day we're there, and this one boy, he's kind of a rougher boy. He's, he's, he's always been good when he's with us. He's been cool. But one particular day he lost it. He tried to get in a fight, and they knew there's zero. You can't get in a fight. But I knew that that wasn't his normal temperament. So I took him outside and I said, what's going on? And this tough, 
young man, just hard young man, begins to break down crying, telling me, I just get bullied every day of my life. Every day, people tell me that they wish I would just die, that there's no reason for me to be here, that the world would be a better place without me, and I just can't take it anymore, and today was particularly rough. Church, I want you to just bear with me. I want you to hear this. I said, well, I'm going to pray for you. Is that okay? And he said, well, I don't really believe in that stuff, but whatever, do what you need to. And I said, okay. So I started praying for him, and church, I'm going to be real honest with you. My faith was that the bullying would stop. I had faith that God would give him peace even in the midst of the bullying. So I prayed for that. The next night he came to church and he immediately, as soon as he sees me, he runs up to me. This is a hard young man. runs up to me, he gives me a hug and he starts crying. He said, you're never going to believe this, but God answered your prayer. And I said, what are you talking about? Is he's crying. He says, this is the first time I can remember in my entire life that not one person said anything mean to me. Your God must be real. Why do I share that story? Because I didn't have the faith for that to happen. But God will do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or imagine for him to do. And so again, I don't care what level your faith is tonight. If you've got the faith that pastor will walk out of that room tonight, then pray that way. If you've got the faith that we'll see the beginning and the continuation of the working of miracles in his life, whatever it is, we're going to carry him to the feet of Jesus together as a church. Amen? Amen. Now, Eric's going to come up, give you guys an update on pastor right now, and then we're going to worship one more time, and then we're going to go into 25 minutes of personal prayer, and then we'll finish up with some corporate prayer, all right? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Great message already. Well, listen, I want to give everyone a quick update. I appreciate your prayers for pastor. I know you've been praying. Many of you have been fasting as well. Um, you know, pastor is progressing. It's a slow process. I wish I could say you know, uh, it, it is a quick process, but the doctors have warned us that, you know, uh, they're doing what they can, but we know what God can do. So I want to encourage you, the Bible says in uh, James 5.16, that the effectual fervent prayer of righteous people availeth much. And when we got the news on Sunday um, that pastor was going to be intubated, and uh, obviously it wasn't news we wanted to hear, but, you know, faith doesn't stir us to the point where we, we, we're, 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 we're concerned by the, what we see. Faith tells us we know what the end result is going to be. So I encourage you, and I, this is what encouraged me on Sunday, that, you know, I put a call out to, as you guys on Sunday begin to pray and go after God, um, our faith is that the working of miracles has happened. First Corinthians uh, chapter uh, uh, 12, verses, I think, 7 through about 12 or so, that when we laid hands on pastor that first time, the working of miracles has begun. So I want to encourage you, do not take your foot off the gas pedal. Pastor still needs a miracle, you know, to take place in his body. Uh, his lungs um, are, are still battling uh, the, the, the pneumonia itself. Um, we are seeing some, some good signs in the right direction. You know, they are baby steps, but again, the working of miracles um, can happen in, in 16 seconds. They can happen in 16 days. They can happen in six hours. Um, I just know it's happening, and I want to encourage you that, um, you know, on Sunday when, when the situation took place, I literally, uh, as you probably know, I'm privileged to know lots of people around the world. So I called every, every healing evangelist, every pastor friend, every church that runs 50, 100,000, one pastor has about 350,000 people, and I said, listen, you know, Pastor Dosick has come to your facility, come to your nation to be a blessing to you. I need you to start Return, returning the favor right now, and everybody began to, 
cry out to God. Many closed their services down and just began to pray like we did on Sunday morning. There are literally millions of people praying for pastor on five continents of the earth right now. I say that because the Bible says in Deuteronomy 32.30 that one can put 1,000 in flight, two can put 10,000 in flight. I haven't figured out the math, but if millions can put whatever that equation is, how many trillions or gazillions, whatever that number is, I just know the victory is coming. But again, Matthew 7, 7 tells us that we got to keep asking, we got to keep seeking, and we have to keep knocking. We're not going to give up until we see pastor receive his full miracle and walks out of there. So his breathing is getting better. Uh, he is improving little by little. The doctors for the yesterday, for the first time, we saw pastor's eyes after being intubated open up. He was responding to us. He was acknowledging us. He was nodding his head yes. He was nodding. He was shaking his head no. Um, he was off the uh, intubation machine yesterday for six hours. And so um, that's a big victory. Um, we had to, you know, again, he has to go back. He went back on oxygen last night. And, you know, again, it's, sometimes we're seeing a couple steps forward and we see a small step back. And then you say, no, devil. Devil, you're under our feet. You're defeated. You're not going to win this victory. He is going to walk out of here. And I, I said this to Pastor um, on Saturday when he and I had a private conversation. And I said, Brother, I said, Pastor, I want to encourage you something. This just dropped in my spirit, and I hope I'm not taking too much time right now. But I said, Pastor, you know, I had the privilege of serving Brother Schambach for, for 17 years. And uh, for those of you who don't know Brother Schambach, wonderful man of God, you know, minister of gospel for 65 years. Millions of people came to Christ. Amazing miracles took place every time he prayed for somebody. And I said, Pastor, Brother Schambach was diagnosed with congestive heart failure at age 65. And the doctors told him, this is his personal doctor, Dr. Cherry, said, Brother Schambach, uh, this is not good news. And, and I, I want to I caution you that, you know, the average person with this kind of situation might live about three years. Our goal was to just, just to, your heart's going to keep getting worse and worse and worse, and you're not going to be able to preach. You're not going to be able to, to stand up. You're literally going to have to just basically sit in a chair. We're going to just try to keep you survived. And Brother Schambach looked at Dr. Cherry and said, you know what? The devil's a liar. And he said, you know, if, if that's what it means to me to be on this earth, I'm just going to ask God to take me home to heaven. I'm not going to sit here and do nothing. I can't do that. So Brother Samak said, according to my faith, I said, he said, believe it. I'm going to believe it unto me. And he said he went back to the doctor next month, and the doctor said his heart was going about 20%, function about 20%. Well, he went back the next month. The next month, it was 30%. Went back the next month, it was 40%. The next month, it went back 50%. All the way to the point where he got 100% of the capacity of his heart back. Obviously, you know, there's people in the medical field would understand that's not possible. That doesn't happen. What happened for Brother Schaumbach? And I said this to Pastor. I said, Pastor, he lived and preached another 20 years. Now, Pastor, I've heard this story more than once, maybe more than I really want to hear from time to time from the pulpit. But uh, I think we've all heard the same story. Does Pastor not come up here and say, now, I'm going to live to be 92 and when, and when I, uh, I'm going to kiss Pastor Phyllis, and if nothing happens, I'm going to go to heaven. So I said, Pastor, how old are you right now? He said, 72. And I said, well, if God's not a respected person, so he does for one to do for somebody else. If he gave Brother Schumbach 20 years, if you're 72, and you, I believe you're going to live to 92 as you profess, and Brother Schumbach lived to 20 more years after he got that bad news. So guess what, sir? God's not finished with you yet. And as I said that to him, a tear came out of his eye, a smile came out of his face, and he said, Eric, I believe that. So I want to encourage the church, God is going to do it. Please do not take your foot off the gas pedal. If you've been fasting, if you can, as you can, continue to fast and pray for pastor. 
Continue to cry out to God for him because Matthew 7, 7 says we can ask and keep on asking. We're not going to stop. Remind the devil that he is defeated and pastor's going to get his victory. Amen? All right, we're going to go into one song of worship right now. And we just want to say, church, on behalf of Pastor Phyllis, Pastor Nicole, Pastor Randy, the grandkids, everyone's been there around the clock. Andrew's been spending the night with Pastor night after night after night. Many staff members have as well. Thank you for what you're doing. You, you, we all know the pastor has prayed for us probably a hundred times or more. It's our turn to shine for our pastor. Amen. And we're going to see the victory. Amen. Praise and worship. This is a house of worship. This is a place of praise. Where every demon trembles, where we proclaim your name, and this is a house of healing, oh yes, and our hearts are full of faith, and you have our full you have the final say oh yes we see come alive in the name of jesus come alive in the name of jesus this is a house of miracles we bring everything to the feet of jesus everything in the name of jesus this is a house of miracles oh yes oh this is a house we believe for a miracle oh yes there's resurrection Your blood runs through our veins, and your kingdom triumphs over even the coldest rain. This is a house of healing. This is a house of healing. Oh, and our hearts, and our hearts are full of faith. Jesus, this is a house of miracles. 
receive your vision. God, I believe your work. All things for good. I still believe. I still believe your moving.
with you. I'm going to do what I feel the Spirit lead us to do tonight. I need Brother Dave to come up here. Brother Dave's going to be an illustration. I want to show you guys our confession moving forward. In Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 16, we read this. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Verse 17, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, he took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. 
I want to show you what Jesus did. This is what Isaiah, this is what Matthew is saying. Jesus did that. He healed all the sick. He cast out demons to fulfill what the prophet spoke, to let us know this Jesus is the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's the one we've been waiting for. He's the rescuer and the healer and the redeemer. That's who he is. And here's what Jesus did when he showed up. He said, oh, that looks like, that sickness looks like a heavy weight. I'm going to take it away from you. Now, whose is it? If he had it, and Jesus looks at him and says, that sickness looks like a heavy burden. I'm going to take up your infirmity. This is what he took it. Now, David would look rather foolish if he kept walking around saying, man, I just got this heavier infirmity, this heavy infirmity just weighing on me. And Jesus is like, I took it. What are you claiming it for? Now, listen to me very carefully. We don't deny what's happening. We just know what the Bible says, that Jesus took it. You can tell me all day long what's wrong with me, and I'm going to tell you all day long. Jesus said that he took my infirmity, so it ain't mine anymore. He's taking it for himself. And then it says that he bore our diseases. So when it says he took it, it literally means he took it. But it says he did this. Oh, man, David, that looks like a heavy burden you're carrying around with you. You're bearing this disease, but Jesus says, no, you're not bearing it anymore. Now it's mine. So if Jesus said he took your infirmities and he bore your diseases, church, our confession should always be, no matter what they say, I'm not going to deny what the doctor said to me. I'm going to just let them know. But Jesus, who's greater than you, told me this. And this is what I'm standing on. So tonight as we pray for pastor, we're praying and we're thanking Jesus that he is the one who took his infirmities and is bearing his diseases. And it's not pastors anymore. Jesus took it. And we're just waiting to see the manifestation of it come in its fullness. Now here's the other thing I felt the Holy Spirit lead me to do. And I don't, I don't think we'll get in trouble for this. Because as we were praying for pastor, the only thing going through my brain was, if pastor were here right now, hearing us talk about faith and healing and miracles, he'd be rather upset with us if we didn't take this opportunity to pray for the people who are sick. I mean, is that not, he'd just be a little annoyed to find that out. We might all get fired. So I'm telling you what, church, pastor loves you. I'm just telling you what, he loves you. And that man is one of the most selfless people I've ever seen in my life. I mean that. And so that's what we're going to do. So, Pastor Rick, get on down here. Brother Dave, come on down here. Pastor Ed, get on down here. We're going to pray for some people. If you need a miracle, I'm just telling you right now, pastors told us a million times, God's not a respecter of persons. And if we're going to pray for his miracle, he's just going to be upset if we don't pray for yours. I'm just telling you. And I'm not going to have him come yelling at me when he gets out of the hospital and comes back in here and watches the live stream and says, what were you knuckleheads doing not praying for people? So we're going to pray for him. But before we pray for pastor, we want to pray for you. If you're dealing with any kind of sickness or pain in your body, Jesus took it and he's bearing it. You don't have to do it anymore. We want to lay hands on you and pray for you. So if that's you, and I know you're thinking, well, I don't want to come down there and steal the thunder. We're here for pastor. Yep, pastor will be mad at you if you're sick tonight and you don't come down and get prayer. I'm just telling you. We're going to rat you out. Come on down, man. Grab somebody. If you need any kind of healing in your body, any kind of sickness, pain, suffering at all, come on down. We're going to pray for you. Hey, will you guys keep singing?
stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a fire cause your name cause your name is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold Shine through the shadows, but like a all right, church, for a few minutes, we're going to lift up our pastor together. Just lift your hands with me. Father, we thank you that Jesus Christ is the promised Messiah. He is the rescuer and the healer and the redeemer. We thank you that your word says that he is the one who took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. And our confession tonight, Lord, is that Jesus has taken every one of pastor's infirmities upon himself. It's not pastor's fight to fight. Lord Jesus already fought the battle and he defeated it when he died on the cross and raised from the dead. He is victorious. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And every name, every knee and tongue will bow down and confess that he is Lord. So Father, we thank you that healing is our inheritance in Jesus Christ. And we speak that inheritance over our pastor. Father, we're not going to be denied this miracle. We're not going to be denied this miracle, Father. If your word tells us that every time they brought someone to Jesus, that they were healed, then, Father, we're claiming that for our pastor. We're bringing him to the feet of Jesus. And, God, we declare that you are the good God. So we thank you for while the battle's raging, the battle that you're fighting on his behalf is going on. Father, we thank you for peace. We thank you for peace for pastor. God, that his soul would be at peace, Father. As all this is going on around him, as he's in the midst of the storm of his life, Father, we thank you that he's in the boat with Jesus. And Jesus said, there's no need to fear if I'm with you in the boat. So, Father, we pray that a peace that surpasses all understanding would just rest on him. Father, that his faith would be firm in you. And, Lord, we pray for Pastor Phyllis tonight. God, we just pray for mercy. God, just shower her with your mercy. God, just fill her with your joy. Father, fill her with your peace, God. That her trust in you would be secure. Father, you are the rock that we stand on. Father, you are the fortress that the righteous run to and are saved. And they're safe from harm, Father. So be there. God, be, be so near to her. Father, we pray for Pastor Nicole and Pastor Randy. Father, we pray for peace. God, we pray for peace. God, as they're hearing all these reports, Father, we pray that their confession stays firm. God, that Jesus is the healer. God, we thank you that you have sent ministering angels to them. Father, we pray for those grandchildren. God, we just pray that your peace would be on them. Lord, as they hear everything and as their thoughts race, God, we just rebuke the enemy, we rebuke the kingdom of darkness that would come and speak lies to those kids. They would try to fill their minds with fear. God, we rebuke that devil in the name of Jesus. And God, we speak that the only thing running through their minds is faith, is belief, is hope and trust in the King of Kings, Father. God, you are a good God. We're just going to declare it again. You're a good God. You are a good God. And Father, we thank you that, God, there is, there is going to be an amazing testimony at the end of this story, Father. 
We give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In the name of Jesus, everyone said amen and amen. Church, we love you so much. Guess what? We're going to be right here Sunday preaching the same gospel, praising the same Jesus. Hallelujah. We'll see you guys Sunday morning. Be blessed, everyone.